Hello, and welcome to Figure of Speech, a program from WRBH, where every week you can meet local poets and writers from the New Orleans community and listen to them share their work. This episode we'll be having on two writers, starting with Derek Bowden. Take a listen. Hi, my name is Derek Bowden, and I'm a local science fiction and horror writer. My writing has appeared in a variety of international and print online venues, including Daily Science Fiction, Flash Fiction Online, and Compelling Science Fiction. Today I'm going to read two Flash Fiction works published in the past couple of years with some common themes, classism, genetic engineering, and legacy. The first, A Winter Smile, appeared in Flash Fiction Online in 2016, and again on Audible.com in 2017. The second, Two-Legged Race, first appeared in Daily Science Fiction in 2018. I hope you enjoy them. A Winner's Smile Chin up. Breathe through your nose. Raise your eyebrows slightly. Focus on a point in the darkness. Roll those shoulders back. Show off your good genes. Prove that it was only bad luck that landed you here. Tighten your ass. Stretch your neck as if you're suspended from the ceiling by an invisible thread. But look natural, never forced. And for God's sake, smile. Not the too broad grin that shows teeth and desperation and the mania of a thousand miserable nights crammed into the charity house. Nor the tight-lipped smirk of Nurse Wang as she cranks another 50 cc's of Andox into your bulging foot vein to quell the night sweats and the bad dreams. And not the sad, hollow smile of your peers. Do not let the truth betray you. Today could be your big day. With the right smile and a bit of luck, you could go home with a parent. Don't shield your eyes when the sliver of light fractures the darkness and grows into a blinding maw. Blink if you must. Tears are a sign of weakness. Maintain your poise as the parents glide in. They're different. Frightening. Their bodies are gnarled and wrinkled, hunched as if a tremendous force threatened to snap their spines. Their fingers, bony and mottled with lesions, scrabble at the controls of their exoskeletons. They drift like ghouls, toes grazing the floor, buoyancy engines humming. Their faces are cracked and translucent, pulled taut like bats' wings pinned to spreading boards. But don't stare. What parents lack in beauty, they make up for in affluence. In a cruel twist of fate, their wealth has betrayed their bodies. The failures of their exorbitant genetic treatments have manifested in their bones and their reproductive systems. They sought longevity, immunity to the atmospheric pollutants and the toxic waters and the cancers that plague the earth. But their treatments rendered them weak and sterile. They are a wealthy class without children, a nation in need of heirs. Herein lies your golden opportunity. Never make eye contact. Deference is the key to a parent's heart. One day, if you're chosen, your parent may ask you to look them in the eye. They'll yearn for connection. They'll crave companionship. They'll search for a piece of themselves in you. But to force such things upon them during the judging period is off-putting. Frightening, even. A frightened parent translates to another lost opportunity for you. Another year inside working 16-hour days to compensate the charity house for what could have been a lucrative contract buyout. The Andox should keep you upright throughout the judging period, so long as you don't lock your knees. If your appetite swells, remember your instructions. Swallow shallow breaths. Tighten your abdomen to prevent audible evidence. 
to not allow yourself to be swayed by the sense of nectar and syrup that trail the parents. The lingering aromas of their breakfasts are not yours to relish, nor will they ever be if you allude to malnourishment. Parents seek healthy girls and boys capable of providing enduring love, not products that require maintenance. When a parent pauses to study your vitals, be proud. You've captured their interest. It's okay to feel unworthy, because you are. A child of the polluted streets, festering in this sordid brood, alive by the grace of charity alone. You've been here before, passed over many times already. But never let it show. Parents are shrewd. They can spot the difference between a fresh smile and one haunted by a hundred shattered almost futures. Always be fresh. When a parent is accompanied by a servant, never acknowledge them. In the unlikely event that a parent chooses you, there will be time to conspire later. Parents must never suspect compassion for those less fortunate than themselves. When a parent graces you with a question, answer it quickly and with as few words as possible. The quality of your response is important, but their time is infinitely more so. Every passing moment is a reminder of their failed attempts at longevity. The scientists hang by their necks from rafters outside shuttered laboratories, but such recompense does not grant apparent access to the years they were once promised. Timely responses to their questions prove your understanding of the injustices that have befallen them. When the boy at your side crumples, clutching his cramping stomach and writhing on the tiled floor, do not waver. When you spot traces of foam on his lips, do not blink. When his eyes turn bloodshot like crimson spiderwebs from the Andox overdose, offer no sign of recognition. This is his battle, not yours. And when Nurse Wang drags the body away, clamped to a stretcher with restraints and bleeding from his ears, remember that all wars have casualties. Maintain your smile. Keep your chin up. Focus on that point in the distance. Temper your own stomach cramps. You'll have time to vomit later. Regulate your breathing. Exhibit contrast to your fallen brethren. This is not betrayal. He had his chance, and so did you. You were stronger. Parents value strength. Parents love a competitor. It reminds them of themselves, always fighting to add years to their glorious lives. The nearby candidates that blanch, that look upon the boy aghast, that succumb to sympathy retching, they will not be chosen this year. But you... You've tamped your reaction and quelled your fear. You've proved that you have what it takes to make it in this world. Patience, guile, ruthlessness, the qualities of a winner. Every parent loves a winner. And every parent is a fool. Before you step into the light, remember your secret pledge. One day you will inherit this withered world. When the parents have passed into their graves as all things do, rise above their folly and the folly of all the parents before them. Return to lift up those that have fallen, those that could not smile. We will be waiting. Two-Legged Race It's pandemonium as we dig into the starting blocks, a hundred three-legged abominations. Our calves tug painfully, grafted to those of our counterparts. The track, a nightmare of gravel trenches and barbed turf, stretches to the arena's terminal edge. The crowd seethes in anticipation of the solar system's largest coming-of-age spectacle. Ready to christen a new generation of alphas, 
rife with the competitive urges needed to ratchet our species one rung closer to evolutionary perfection. I'm ashamed to be here. Father's gaze bores into me from the sideline. He needs this victory. I'm the sole heir to his plastics empire, and this is my last shot at fulfilling his legacy. Twice before I've crouched here, and twice the feverish crowd and the airborne microcatalysts have failed to stimulate the competitive drive that's spliced into my genome. I can't stave off these juvenile weaknesses. The sympathy. The compassion. Father's colleagues are right. I'm an anomaly. A sympath. Devoid of solitary ambition. A societal leech destined for father's swift severance. Unless. At my side, a girl three years younger. My counterpart. My enemy. Her right leg, grafted to my left. We're not strangers. Last year we competed for the same chair in the Academy of Sciences. My competitive impulse, faint but present, summons uncomfortable thoughts. She's small, weak, perhaps a sympath herself. She'll slow me down. Past her, the other contenders glower. They're bred to compete at everything. Like the rest of society, though amplified tenfold thanks to our family's corporate status and the genetic strains it affords us. We are humanity, perfected. We will stop at nothing to succeed. Unless. The gun cracks. We lurch forward, thrash elbows, fight the pull of our counterparts. Blood spatters the stands. The crowd roars. It's a brutal two-pronged battle. Each competitor must overcome every other pair, plus their opposing counterpart. Only a single competitor can win, analog to our corporate ideology. But we cannot simply dispatch our counterpart without finding ourselves anchored by their weight, doomed to lose. Instead, we must overcome their weakness. To think, centuries prior, the prototype served as a party game meant to instill weakness upon its participants. Trust. Compromise. Compassion. How we survive the 20th century is a mystery. We hit the first trench. Awkward lopes devolve into flails as feet lose purchase on the jagged rocks. My counterpart stumbles. Blood tattoos my ankles. Gertrude McCormick, father's assistant and covert apprentice, presses into the lead. Father watches with unbridled admiration. A cold realization grips me. If I fail, Gertrude will usurp my heirdom. She's his insurance. And she's winning. But she's pushing too hard. Her counterpart, a cumbersome boy with a sluggish gait, trips at the third trench. Barbs rake his flesh. The crowd's cheers drown his screams. Then, amidst the chaos, something unexpected. My counterpart's movements have somehow synchronized with my own. A coincidence of our struggle, but one that lends a sudden burst of speed. Her palm presses against my back. My hand rides her shoulder. We move as a single, live entity. The rush is exhilarating. We're at the front. The finish line looms. But at the last trench, she falters, skids across gravel, nearly drags me down. A gash glistens on her brow. I reach out and freeze. My adversaries hurtle forward with no regard for one another. Yet here I am, at the brink, breath hot with panic. She's frail, weak. I can't win by helping her. I must use her inferior size to my advantage. I must drag her through the finish line. But why does my gut squirm? 
Why do my muscles ache to heave her up, reclaim that unified gait, or worse, bear her weight on my shoulder? What flawed genetics are these that I should feel shame for doing the right thing, for focusing on the win? The crowd erupts. Behind us, a figure emerges from the pack, running at full tilt. It's Gertrude. Alone. She's sawn her skin graft with a barb, and now races unhindered toward the finish line. Her counterpart lies howling in the ditch. Blood gushes from Gertrude's leg. Only her competitive genes have kept her conscious. The crowd howls in a euphoric frenzy. Father's lips twist into a grin. Gertrude McCormick has what it takes to succeed. But so do I. I drag my undersized counterpart across the jagged rocks. Gertrude is gaining, but even now the color fades from her cheeks. She's lost too much blood. She stumbles. Flags. The finish line is just meters away. Victory is in my grasp. Inadvertently, I glance down. My resolve falters. My counterpart lies broken. Blood worms from her nose. Her leg bent backward. Yet she stares at me with neither contempt nor fear, but with knowing. She's a sympath. She expected this. This is what it means to become an alpha. I collapse to a knee. Wretch. I'm a monster. I was wrong to compete. Now I'm condemned to a lifetime of scaling the corporate ladder, staring down at the remains of my adversaries. Winning. My body convulses as sympath tendencies wrestle with gene-spliced urges. The struggle is brief. Merciless. The reek of the microcatalysts and the raucous goading of the crowd and father's derisive sneer galvanize my will to win at long last. I wrench my gaze from the girl. Lunge. A groan escapes her lips as we cross the finish line. Then, silence. The synpath in me says, help her, but it's barely a whisper. I'm an alpha now. I've put away childish things. Father tries to catch my eye, but his esteem no longer concerns me. I will someday best him as well. I thrust my fists outward, daring anyone to challenge my genes. The crowd roars with terrible elation. Only after the din settles does my gaze flick downward. In the girl's eyes, pity. For a chilling moment, I remember her hand on my back, our bodies strong, symbiotic, united. Then it's gone. I stand alone, victorious, heir to humanity, an alpha forevermore. I hope you enjoyed these stories. For more of my short fiction, check out DerekBowden.com. Thank you.